Hello and welcome back to the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast. My name is Michael. I'm your host. And today, today we are going to be talking with Neil Large and Elizabeth Haugen, H-A-U-G-A-N, in case I messed that up, of Arizona State Parks. And I have a confession. Uh, my confession is that I have largely ignored Arizona State Parks. One, well, because, you know, I try to go to places where people are not typically. And two, you know, it's a good problem to have. We have so much public land, so much access here in Arizona to wild places that I haven't had to. You know, in, in my past life, back in the Missouri Ozarks, I worked for the Department of Natural Resources a State Parks Division for years. Um, so, you know, it's something I, I really love and appreciate, but just haven't gone down that rabbit hole since I've been in Arizona. And, you know, I've been missing out. Arizona State Parks are vast and diverse and they offer so much opportunity, whether that be camping, hiking, swimming, bird watching. Uh, Neil even tells us about how he uses state parks as a launch pad for his hunting trips. So limitless opportunities um, and oh my God, beautiful places. And I'll also throw out there that you're, you're gonna love Neil and Elizabeth. Their passion uh, for Wildlife, wild places, and our state parks is very apparent. Um, they're awesome people with awesome personalities and so much fun uh, to talk to. I had a blast. So thanks to those guys, and you're really going to like this. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's do our announcements from our great conservation organizations here in Arizona. Number one coming up. Let's see, hold on. This August 13th, I'm very excited about this one. We did it last year and myself and my two kids, we probably collected 50 pounds of lobster mushrooms that we've used. Uh, well, we just used up the last pack I had the other day. So it lasted us all years. So we found so many. The Arizona Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is having a Flagstaff mushroom hunt. And that's gonna be followed by a pint night in Mother Road Brewery and Flagstaff. So it says, come join Arizona backcountry hunters and anglers on a Flagstaff wild mushroom hunt. Learn all you need to know in order to properly identify and safely collect our native and delicious mushrooms. Now these are gonna be the common ones, uh, easily identified, bolites, lobsters, things like that. Let's see, you'll even learn ways to process and prepare them. Uh, my buddy, uh, George Wolf Gummerman is leading this and he knows a great deal. He's a fantastic cook. So a lot to learn there. After the hunt, come join us for a pint or two at Mother Road Brewery. I'm going to be there, and I hope to see you there as well. There is, uh, you have to RSVP to get the location, and I will have this link and all other links that I mentioned here today in our show notes, but that's going to be at https dot dot slash slash www.backcountryhunters.org slash flagstaff mushroom hunt. And let's see... Well, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to send you to the show notes to get these links because it's hard to translate them in a reasonable fashion. All right, number two um, from the Arizona Elk Society. They are in need of volunteers for a riparian restoration project at Houston Draw, north of Payson, Arizona, in Unit 5A. Come enjoy the cool weather and great outdoors while helping restore this riparian meadow that plays an important role in the water dispersal in this region. This is the first of many work projects that will take place at Houston Draw, which will entail building and repairing rock structures, removing fences and other restoration efforts. 
The project is scheduled for August 5th through the 7th, 2022. That's coming right up, huh? Um, and let's see, you can register at Logan, L-O-G-A-N-F, at ArizonaElkSociety.org. Again, please look at the show notes for these, these links. Then once you uh, get out there uh, with those guys and gals and help restore that meadow, and you decide you want to get out there and hunt some elk, the Arizona Elk Society is holding their annual elk clinic on July 30th, 2022. It says, do you love hunting? I do. Would you like a chance to learn from experts? Here is your chance. The Arizona Elk Society holds an annual elk hunting clinic in Phoenix, Arizona. This year's elk clinic is July 30th, 2022 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Lunch is included for all attendees and volunteers. If you would like to volunteer for this event, please email again, Logan, F-L-O-G-A-N-F, at ArizonaElkSociety.org. All right, next up, Arizona Mule Deer Organization. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. These folks are on the ground doing hard work all the time. They deserve your support. And it just so happens they are running in a donation and a raffle campaign, uh, trying to raise some funds for the hard work they do. It says, please join us and help us generate funds to continue to help our wildlife. We have been hauling water, repairing catchments, and we are ramping up for our youth hunting camps. Buy a few raffle tickets or just donate. It all goes to our Arizona wildlife. Please follow this link and give to give us at Arizona Mule Deer Organization and our wildlife a little support. That's H https dot dot slash slash h202 dot gives give smart g-i-v-e-s-m-a-r-t dot com all right um i looked at that by the way and they got some nice guns uh some nice camouflage in there so so get in there and check it out with all that uh you know get out get involved with these conservation organizations throw your support behind them uh they're some of the most thoughtful and hard-working guys and gals I know. And uh, yeah, they're uh, they're deserving of your support and help. So get out there, do that. And enjoy this talk with Neil Large and Elizabeth Haugen of Arizona State Parks. Thanks. Okay, I am sitting here today with Neil Large, Digital Marketing Coordinator, and Elizabeth Haugen. Yeah, I was going to say quiz, yeah. <laughs> um, communications Coordinator of Arizona State Parks. And uh, you know, what I want to learn here today is, well, all about Arizona State Parks. I think I've admitted to you guys before that I'm embarrassingly uneducated. Um, just cause, you know, we're so, low, so lucky to have, have so much public land and, and areas to explore. I just, I haven't had to do the state parks yet. Um, you know, and there's, there's, there's super popular ones like Slide Rock and we're sitting here today at Red Rock State Park in Sedona and it's just absolutely stunning. We're, we're in an, uh, an educational meeting room, I guess. Um, and we have 
insect collections around us and some beautiful photo photography. And it's just, a, and there's a great interpretive center upstairs uh, and it's just a great place. But yeah, I, I want to learn all about state parks, but first I'd like to learn about you guys. So uh, Neil, you want to take it away and tell me about you, where you come from and how you got here? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, and at a young age, I, I lived by a park uh, in the community fishing program. And uh, when I was pretty young, I started catching some bass, you know, and I really fell in love with that. And it kind of got me to the point where I was always bugging my parents to take me fishing somewhere and... Um, over the years, you know, we went to Bartlett a lot and then kind of started getting into, um, other outdoor related stuff like deer hunting and, um, you know, waterfowl hunting in Arizona and just kind of, it, as far as the outdoors is concerned, I've just spent a lifetime out there seeing what Arizona and really the Southwestern states have to offer, you know, um, I love going to places like Utah. I went there a couple of years ago, someplace I've never been, you know, found it on a map. And I'm like, we're going to go deer hunting here. And, oh, wow. um, <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the clock. On what the bird wall. was the, that? I don't know. That sounded <laughs> yeah, odd. Right. It looks Maybe like a broken part. I thought it was a blender bird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It looks like it's, uh, pointing to a, um, um, a mockingbird though. And, oh, you know, of course a mockingbird can sound like several things. Yeah. So mockingbirds are I'm cool. Not sure what totally intentional. To be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think most people who have been on this planet for you know, 20 plus years, have seen these clocks at one one point in their lives. Oh, yeah. They have the different birds, and each hour you get a, a different call. It's usually in their grandma's house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm thinking I need to get one. I yeah, know. They're such a classic. Yeah. I, I agree. Nostalgic. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. sure they're on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I apologize, Neil. Carry on. No, that's fine. So, but over the years, I got to the point of teaching other people to enjoy the outdoors in a way that, that I've grown to love. And eventually then I had children with my wife and we have been taking our four daughters camping and fishing and deer hunting all throughout Arizona and it's so much fun to just see the wonder in their eyes as children as they learn all this stuff that maybe as adults we take for granted you know like uh, sometimes I take uh you know lizards for granted if I'm hiking someplace you know but not when I'm hiking with the kids you know, yeah, we're going to look and at that. I, I tell you, I've heard it said that, you know, you could take a, a kids, a group of kids, a dozen kids, put them in a room. They're all playing video games. They're into their video games. But if you come in and you drop a frog or a lizard, on the oh, table, yeah. there's not a kid in the room playing a video game. Right. Yeah. So that's a pretty wonderful thing. Yep. Yep. So when uh, like five years ago, this job came open at Arizona State Parks and I I jumped all over and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the perfect job for, for me. You know, I, I want to share this love with with more people. And I've just been so grateful that I've, that I've had a chance to uh, work here for these five years, hopefully for much longer um, and, and share my story with people and share just the amazing things that Arizona and outdoors and outdoor recreation has to offer. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. It's mm -hmm. an important job. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, All it's right. kind Elizabeth. of, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, like you, I grew up in the Midwest mm -hmm. too, fellow Midwesterner. Yeah. And I was raised in Southeastern Wisconsin and I was a late kid. I was constantly swimming on the beach. And I think, I, you know, I think like my neural network got reprogrammed to only be happy and comfortable when I'm outside, yeah. you know, just, I need the blue sky. I need um, some, 
some green somewhere, some rocks, some trees. So, um, you know, I I grew up in the Midwest, but I had family who lived in Lake Havasu and I would come out with my mom as a kid and take some vacations here in Arizona. And in fact, we took one trip to Sedona when I was a teenager. And I remember thinking when I grow up, I'm going to move back here and I'm going to become a tour guide because I just want to be outside all the time. And, you know, I really did kind of forget about that dream for a while um, until I got married and my husband said, I'm going to go to this flight school. They have two locations. One is Florida. One is Arizona. You pick. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember I've always wanted to live in Arizona. So that was um, 10 years ago. We moved out here and uh, have always loved nature just grew up i had you know horse growing up dogs cats loved animals loved being outside and when we got out here i i learned a whole new part of the outdoors to appreciate Mm -hmm. because in the midwest you kind of have a limited period of time during the year to enjoy the outdoors um without a lot of like layers and (laughs) you know things like that so when we got out here i had this revelation of wow, I could really do the things that I enjoy doing and year round. Yeah. And we really developed as campers and hikers. And then I'm the kind of, I, I become like an evangelist. I want mm-hmm. everyone to know the things that I'm <laughs> loving and enjoying. So we constantly started trying to convert our friends into campers right. and hikers. Okay. And, um, eventually found favorite places to go. And yeah, being outdoors is totally like a a reset for me. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's my therapy, outdoor therapy. So when this job came open, you know, I had watched Arizona State Parks for a couple of years and I remember seeing a video and actually Neil was on it. And I thought that that, like, that's my workplace. (laughs) I belong there. And then it came open a couple of years later and um, I couldn't believe I got that opportunity. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're so glad you're here. Oh, thanks, yeah. Neil. It's awesome <laughs> to be here. <laughs> and now I get to meet interesting people like you, which is a really cool part of it, too. Great. Yeah. Great. That's, it sounds like you guys really found your niche. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell me about what you do for State Parks, then. Um, well, I'm the digital marketing coordinator, mm-hmm. so I do a lot of the, the website stuff, uh, updates, updates. Uh, you know, create new pages, make sure that Google is able to, to find them and send people our way. Mm-hmm. Um, I write our consumer newsletter that goes out monthly. Um, and the paid social media ads that go out, uh, are things that I put together. Awesome. Also just other partnerships and anything else, digital projects that come up, you know, I'm going to, going to be in on them. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Do if you were to sum it up, I do just like a lot of writing (laughs) and just like communication so social media stuff and anytime I can write but you know I think at the heart of it what we're trying to do is is make people aware that these places exist Mm -hmm. and they're great places to recreate in Um, but also sort of educate on how people can join our mission of protecting and conserving our our beautiful places in Arizona and all of our wonderful natural resources so uh, again, evangelist. Sure. No, no, <laughs> it's that's fun great. to like share that with people yeah. and, and bring people into that mission that we have. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such an important, important job. And I, that might sound to folks like overselling it, 
but it's not, you know, people aren't going to care about this stuff if they don't get out and experience it. They're yeah. not going to get out and experience it if they don't know about it. Exactly. So, so it is an important job. I'm dead serious. And mm-hmm. right now with so many new people enjoying outdoor mm-hmm. activities because of COVID, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so many people that just aren't aware of what may or ne- might be right, what's wrong to do out right. there. You know, they don't, they don't know the rules. They don't understand yes. conservation and sustainability. So, um, you know, that's part of our job to help educate them so that they can, uh, you know, recreate responsibly. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, COVID was a bit of an education for all of us in natural resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want folks to get out there, experience, utilize these outdoor spaces and enjoy them. But with that, sometimes comes a, a little bit of too much love, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, you can love a place to death. <laughs> right. Today, um. <laughs> for instance, we, we were at Slide Rock before mm-hmm. here. And that is uh, a popular spot. Yeah. That is, Hugely. That is, is pretty popular. And people had scratched stuff all oh. over those red rocks. And, oh, no. you know, we, it was a little bit deeper than that. We, we couldn't get it with water, you know, so we're going to have to put a little elbow mm-hmm. grease into those. Oh, I hate to hear that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it happens a lot. And, know you know, people are just um, I, I, I like to think and we talk about this a lot. We you know, people don't know what they don't know. I think mm-hmm. most people want to do the right thing, but they, they just might not know what that yeah. is. And I think, you know, putting your name into a rock, every human being wants to leave their mark on the world. It's <laughs> it's a temptation for someone who sees a beautiful place and wants to commemorate that experience. Um, but probably That's doesn't a very know. positive way of looking at graffiti. <laughs> I, I appreciate your optimism. <laughs> but you know, I, I think they, they probably don't realize the damage that they're doing and right. how it can last. Or someone puts their name in a tree and they don't realize that they're scar- scarring that tree for yeah. the remainder of its life. So, uh, yeah, we just got to sh- share that information yeah. in an approachable way. Right. Just with a wide net, you know, we just yeah. cast it out there yeah. and, um, you know, hopefully people are able to take in the information that we put out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an important job, and it's not an easy one either. Yeah, so. yeah. we know you do the same. It's just, yeah, yeah you got to share the message in multiple different yeah. ways. Yeah, you know these these all these public lands and these state parks they don't just belong to us folks that are dyed in the wool. You know they belong to everyone. Yeah, and they all need to get out there and experience them, and hopefully we can teach them how to do that in a responsible manner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's lay a foundation. Uh, how about both of you give me like a a handful of your favorite state parks in Arizona? Okay. Well, this is uh, this is kind of like the question that I asked you on our yeah. podcast. Yeah. And then what happens is we <laughs> well, share some of the same ones. At least I gave so you more find. than one option. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's right. You did. You didn't make us whittle yeah, it down. Yeah. I, guess, I guess to be clear, we, in, in full disclosure, we just recorded a podcast for state parks on the Arizona Wildlife Federation, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, at the end, they, they stumped me asking me what my one favorite animal was, which is <laughs> so an impossible, cool. impossible question. Your face, sorry, when I asked it, was kind of funny. I wish it was on video. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I, I'm being a little bit more generous. I would like to know a few state parks. Right. That is enjoy. nice of you. Thank you. So kind. Okay. I, I love this one that we're at, Red Rock. Uh, I like this, this elevation. I like this type of, uh, you know, the plants and animals, everything that lives in the, the high desert zone. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, over the last several years, I've been spending a lot of time down south. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Karchner Caverns is up there for me as well, yeah. just because the caverns are awesome down there. And if, if you haven't toured those, uh, it's it's a must-see because, I mean, that's a, that's a living cave, mm-hmm. you know, and they discovered it in the 60s or yeah, 70s. That's kind of a rare thing in Arizona. Yeah. It's pretty rare all the way around the fact that the 
and what he means when he says a living cave, uh-huh. it's moist in there. So the formations right. are still growing. Yeah. They drip on you. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the cave, I'm saying the cave is cool. There's an awesome campground there. There's cabins or excuse me, cabins, but it, there's also, it's like front door access to the whetstone mountains. And the whetstones are your standard sky island type yeah. uh, habitat. You know, you start on these trails, and as you get further up in the mountains, you notice the vegetation start mm-hmm. to change, start seeing more quadamundis up there yeah. and coos deer. And um, so my love of southern Arizona might be swaying my, yeah. my answer right oh, now. Man, but I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> and Oracle's Arizona. another one down there. Oh, my God. So Oracle, we... Um, for several, so I'm going to talk about trail cameras. Is that cool? Or yeah, of do course. Talk about, okay. um, so for several years, we have been running, you know, trail cameras down there on the state grounds to watch the coos deer. And, you know, as a hunter, I, I look at these things and just, you know, you can't hunt on the state parks, but I just drool at these things like, yeah. you know, 115 inch bucks just hanging out. Wow. And, um, but every time I go down there, I, I see deer. But there's there's another aspect of that park which is really cool. It's the Canali Ranch House, mm-hmm. and this family was a ranching family that lived down there the about 1900 or so, mm-hmm. I think it was. And they are a very artistic and eclectic type family. So yeah. there's this uh, house you can do like self paced tours. And there's there's all this weird cool stuff throughout it, and I don't think I think every time I go in there I see something new. Yeah, you know, so um, that that's one of my favorites because of the those two things. Just because I, I need to get down there. It's I, uh, really neat. I, I worked for the Cave Research Foundation back throughout Arkansas and Missouri, and I did primarily mapping, which is tedious, um, and bio inventories, which I enjoyed very much. But mm-hmm. I've never seen a Western cave. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Karchner is amazing nearby oracle is pretty incredible the other thing that's cool about both of those no oracle um is and kirchner they're both dark sky parks yeah they, they are, are. Yeah. yeah i was gonna internationally say, recognized i know i was yeah. gonna oh. brag about one then i realized we have to brag about both of those but, right. but yeah they're an international dark sky designated park which means very little light pollution mm-hmm. awesome for stargazing parties there's star parties there they have these astronomy yeah. oh, events wow. and they partner with local astronomy associations and these um, amateur astronomers will bring out their telescopes and show you what you're looking at in the night sky i went to one recently and it's crazy because you think you know, with your naked eye, you think you're seeing a lot of stars. Yeah. And then they'll point the telescope to what looks like a just kind of black blank piece of sky. Yeah. And you look through the viewfinder and you're like, whoa, there's a whole nother mess of stars out there that right. I didn't yeah. know. It's, it's awe-inspiring, it's humbling amazing. to say the least. Yeah. yeah. And they're amateur astronomers, but the gear they bring is, Serious. is pro-grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And those are available to the public mm-hmm. and they're on our website. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth, how about you? My two, I get to go. Um, I think I did three. I know. <laughs> I get to have another one. <laughs> I I actually love, um, well, I love a lot of them, but I love Tonto Natural Bridge State Park in mm-hmm. Payson. It's uh, the world's largest natural travertine bridge. Wow. And um, you get there and you actually walk on top of it without knowing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you start taking this path down to the bottom of it and before you know it you're standing on this observation deck looking at this thing towering over you imagine it's like a cave that you can see 
to the other side. It's giant too. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how big no, it is. No, it's really enormous. And you feel, it's so funny because we'll post a picture and it's mm -hmm. almost hard to see the scale until you see a person standing underneath the bridge because you can actually go walk all the way through. Uh -huh. And you're like, whoa, that scale <laughs> is breaking my brain a little bit. So <laughs> it's really neat. Um, and of course, it's I love the vegetation in that area mm -hmm. and beautiful pines and cypress and the Pine Creek flows at the bottom yeah. of the bridge. So that's a really lovely place to go. And it's accessible too. So if, if you need an accessible trail, there's four different viewpoints where you can see different perspectives on that mm -hmm. trail and it's all paved paths. And oh, nice. so that's pretty cool. Um, I also... I'm a nerd and I love to stop and read signs and there's nothing like a historic park to do that yeah. for you. I don't think our historic parks get enough props. They're pretty cool. Sure. Um, and there's a, there's a lot tombstone courthouse is really interesting. They have a lot of very neat exhibits, but I have a special place in my heart for a Reardon mansion up in Flagstaff. Oh, I'll have to visit. I've not been there. Oh, That's a good gotta one. Gotta check yeah? it out. Yeah. So the yeah. Team up there just really quick. They're awesome. They're so yeah. great. They're yeah. so good at their job because yeah. you, they, so they give guided tours on the hour mm -hmm. and you think, um, I went on a guided tour and there was a mom with a maybe five-year-old girl and you're going like, is she going to get bored? Cause we're at a historic yeah, facility. Yeah. And no, they're just, the tours are so captivating. They tell not only the story of this family that lived there, um, but the house, which it was built in 1914 and it's a arts and crafts style home. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, you know, arts and crafts style was all about bringing nature and the architecture together and bringing the outdoors inside. Mm -hmm. And so they do a really good job of explaining, um, explaining what you're seeing in the architecture, explaining the, this family, which was really influential on the establishment of Flagstaff wow. and sharing, of course, the history of Flagstaff too. So yeah. I it's think, a special place. I think it's kind of cool with the mansion. There were the, the two families that lived on each side, but in the middle, there was a common mm -hmm. room where they'd like play piano and sing and stuff. And yeah. it's just, you know, times are different. You know, you don't see that kind of living situation around very often, but I can just imagine them way back then, you know, they don't have TV, they don't have smartphones. They're just yeah. kind of chilling. Oh, let's go sing some songs together on the piano in the, the common area. Uh, there, yeah. there, there's, there's a big part of me that wishes things were still like that. Like that, that yeah. I know. Yeah. Imagine, if you will, for people who haven't been there before, it's it's like a giant duplex uh -huh. that's connected by a great room in the middle. And what happened is these two Flagstaff brothers married two Flagstaff sisters. And then they, convenient. they, yeah. they basically <laughs> made copies of their house and connected them by this great room. And the details are gorgeous it has this beautiful old stained glass and big log beams that the whole house is made wow. of and like hand-hewn tables it's wow. incredible so check it out if I, you I haven't promise gotten I will. To. yeah i'll make it so a point nice. so i i really love those those historic parks in addition to all of our beautiful natural parks um and then yeah you know sedona slide rock red rock Mm -hmm. Like I said, I, when I was a teenager, it's, it's where I fell in love with Arizona and what made me want to live here someday. Oh, well, so what a great way to come full circle. Yeah. yeah. Special yeah. place in my heart here. So do you guys have a, a number in your head? How many historic sites and parks does Arizona offer? Do, do you know? 30, I don't mean to put you on 35. The awesome. Well, yeah. How many historic? Oh, um, I don't know. We can cut this out. I'm just don't remember. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. We six. have that historic yeah, park yeah. page. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Yeah, we could have just oh, went with I, the 35. I, yeah, okay. we'll have to. We'll have to just group them. I guess All I right. was going to yeah. pull it up, but there's no service here. Yeah. yeah. Ah, the great outdoors. Sure. Sure. <laughs>
Well, great. So, what? Um, give give me some ideas. Uh, tell 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 folks, I guess, what what state parks uh, have to offer. And I know we've talked about some already, but you know, Neil, you pointed out earlier off the air, you you use uh, some of our state parks as a base camp for hunting trips, and I, I think a lot of people probably don't consider that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give a a direct example at Karchner again. You know, I uh, a couple years ago drew a coos deer tag down there and. Uh, started hiking back behind the park onto the Coronado National Forest land. And, um, you know, there's a, a great population of deer in the whetstones. Um, but it's, it's really nice to use the park as a base camp just because uh, in those October seasons, it can get kind of hot. It's nice to shower, you yeah. know. Um, there's showers, restrooms. Um, you can camp in a tent there, stay in a cabin. I take our trailer to stay there. I mean, it's kind of a bougie camp setup, but... Yeah, it, those cabins, by the way, they have AC and heat and real mattresses. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and even a mini fridge and microwave. So <laughs> it's not a bad gift. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good deal. But it, it's so cool also that you all, I just I have to. I feel like drive. you're giving away a pretty heavy secret here. <laughs> yeah. You I can mean, take this back. And this can be replicated, you know, throughout the, the state park system mm-hmm. because all of our parks that have campgrounds are near places that, that people can go hunting. So, I mean, um, Patagonia Lake State Park is another great mm-hmm. example down there in uh, 34A. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of deer tags in 34A, and that's a great place to stay. I know sometimes some people are tentative to to camp uh, close to the border on some of those hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we offer a place for people to stay. Anybody can stay at the state park, you know. Yeah. So, And it's similar. They all have, you know, bathrooms, uh, showers, and Patagonia Lake also has an awesome lake that has giant flatheads in it. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. seen them come out of there. I've seen <laughs> yeah. pictures, and I've always wanted to see how, how or why those, those big flatheads got in there. Some but I see people get them. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're approaching 60 pounds, some of them. And yeah. and I don't know if it, we people keep catching the same giants. I probably, keep, you know, because yeah. most people are good about letting those warriors go back. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But we kind of push that idea like, hey, you know, this thing's lived for, I don't even know how old a 60 pound flathead is but i imagine that that thing's deserves to still sure still be out there yeah wow yeah yeah i I saw a fellow once you know a lot of big flatheads are coming out of bartlett lake and some of the reservoirs and those guys that do it they do it serious um and there's a, a big catch and release you know over overarching ideology uh with those fellows which is great yeah um, you know and but you know, at the same time, they're also an exotic species. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I'd call them invasive because I don't think there's anything left in those reservoirs that they're competing with them, native species. Wise. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they certainly make fantastic sport fish, and they get people out in our outdoors enjoying them. Yeah. But I did see once uh, on an Instagram post, some fella had taken a big old flathead's head. I mean, a big one, and he had it on the smoker. And he took it to work that day and oh, fed wow. all of his coworkers with it. <laughs> I was going to say, I was yeah, like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could get cool. on board with that. Catfish I think. tacos. Yep. <laughs> they, they are delicious fish. I mean, sure. I've eaten smaller ones, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can imagine they got a bunch of meat on their head. I bet they do. Yeah, yeah. Big old cheeks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That'd be pretty. For anglers, you know, th- that's one great thing that you really can do in the park. We, I, I think, you know, people go Arizona. What are you gonna? <laughs> fish Uh and of course your work is fighting that all the time and and so where we you know there's a lot of places to fish um of course the colorado river that we have four state parks on Mm -hmm. the colorado river and then alamo lake state park 
um, about 40 miles away yeah. is another great place to go out and fish. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Every spring I try to set a meeting out there so I can go catch some there you bass. Go. Yeah. I got a good, <laughs> yeah. good one. We year. do the same thing. We have our December meeting down, uh, down in the, uh, Santa Rita's so we can quail hunt. So, oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Nice. Yep. It's good. Good to work with like-minded people to set those kind of things up. <laughs> right. But, Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think a lot of folks have probably considered uh, consider state parks as a, as a base camp to jump from on hunting trips. But. Right, or OHV. You know, I mean, there's so many great OHV trails that leave right from a state park, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably, what have we got this time? Nice. <laughs> you forget about the no, clock that's definitely game. the mockingbird this time i don't know yeah. what happened that last time it may have just been a glitch or something yeah someone thought it, one bird thought it was its turn and then realized it wasn't <laughs> right <laughs> all right what was i saying uh ohvs oh yeah yeah so alamo lake state park mm-hmm. has access to like i don't even know how many acres of blm land just outside it and there are trails that literally go from the campground out into the open desert mm-hmm. and it's pro- probably not the greatest summertime destination yeah. but um anytime that you feel like it's nice enough to be in the sonoran desert weather wise that's a good time to go okay. to alamo lake state park and i mean first of all you got that awesome lake um, that park has cabins as well mm-hmm. um but those trails will just take you off to, you can OHV all day long and then come back and, you know, wash the, the dirt off in the showers. Yeah. Well, and if you do feel so inclined, you actually can swim in that lake too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not a designated beach, but the shoreline is open for swimmers. Really? And yeah. if you are looking for, if you're looking for more like water sports or swimming specifically, mm-hmm. yeah, there's plenty of state parks that have actual beaches. In fact, the ones along the Colorado river, white sand beaches <laughs> wow. and they yeah. have camping cabins too and um we've got some concessionaires that do like boat rentals out there and stuff so uh anything you could dream or imagine when it comes to outdoor recreation park in yeah, we, yeah there's awesome. a park that does it yeah that's cool so we got we got cabins we have showers we have tent camping we have ohv we have I assume mountain biking. Oh, oh yeah, uh, hiking. Huge. Uh, In fact, mount, mountain biking is. Um, we're we're at Red Rock State Park today. Uh-huh. There is a very cool trail called the Lime Kiln Trail that is super popular mm-hmm. for mountain oh my bikers. God. And that's another one of my state parks. Yeah. My favorite state park. I know, to. but that's right. It connects to yeah. Dead Horse Ranch State Park, mm-hmm. and. I mean, what is it? 18 miles of trails, 13 13 miles of trail connecting the two, um, beautiful area. And you can sort of see the, the transition as you're going from dead horse ranch or vice versa, the changes in the topography and the vegetation. Uh Um, yeah. I I always kind of talk about dead horse as the, it's, it's a place that people can, test out pretty easily because it's not that far from like the phoenix metro area Mm -hmm. it's not that far from flagstaff and people can go see something different like specifically anybody from the phoenix area it's just a different type of scenery it's a different vibe up there you're right along the verde river so you have access to all the whole riparian zone Uh uh there you know there's great fishing in the river but there's also killer birding there's a lot of wildlife down there and then you've also got the the other side of the park which is like a high desert you know and there's um as you come out of the riparian zone there's all those giant sycamores and cottonwoods and then you get up into the junipers and uh you know mesquites and stuff right but the there's three lagoons there that are just pretty much in the shade of those trees like most of the day i mean so 
And we've caught some decent catfish out of there they stock it with. Uh, one guy caught a, oh, I think it was a 13-pound largemouth from one of those. Holy cow. Yeah, a little thing. He threw it back. You know, wow. he let it go. But um, you just don't expect that to happen. Maybe it's eating the stalker trout that they put in there. I don't yeah, know. I think those big largemouth, that's how they get big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are in California that approach world records are eating stalker rainbows. Yeah. Those lakes are a lot bigger than the lagoons yeah. at Dead Horse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's some eagles that nest there. They're a lot of fun to watch too. Awesome. We, yeah, that one got a fish last time we were there. Yeah, yeah. we watched one get a fish. Yeah. He had more luck than we did. Little rainbow. We yeah. caught one. We, yeah, we you tied. One. Yeah, yep. we tied. It was kind of a slow day that day. Yeah. It was a slow day, but yeah. I love that. I love that park too because it makes a great base camp for so many different day trip activities. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hop up to Jerome and see that yeah. sort of that historic town. There's, in fact, Jerome Historic State Historic Park is up there. And you can learn about how this was a mining town. And, yeah. and actually, they even it's have a, like such this, a unique town. It's so yeah. cool. And in that park, they have a model of like all the different mines that are underground. Yeah. So you're standing on something and then you realize there's this huge network underneath right. your feet. Oh, it's way bigger than you think, yeah. too. Yeah. Very <laughs> expansive. Like, it's just a giant network yep. of tunnels and wow. stuff underground. And the display puts that into pers- puts that into perspective. And it's. It blew me away the first time I saw it. I'm like, oh, my God. I imagine it kind of had to be big. But once you see it, you're like, wow. It's nuts. Yep. And then, so I love that that's so close. Yep. And then it's also close to these Sedona parks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're here at Red Rock and then Slide Rock. These are day-use-only parks. So it's awesome that you can jump out from base camp and then go back to your yeah. your campsite at Dead Horse Ranch and relax. Well, it sounds like the opportunities are limitless. Yeah. There's that's a awesome. lot. There's a lot. Yeah. We can go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's and I, yeah. I gotta tell you guys. One, it's great to meet you. Um, and two, uh, I, I'm so pleased that you are in the positions you're in because I mean, you you can hear in your voices you are genuinely excited about this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, love it. It's true. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for saying that because it's it's cool when you find something that you're you know energized by and feel a lot of reward from. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I love what I do, um, yeah. and I'm very excited and very grateful that I get to do it. We can tell. Yeah, sometimes I, sometimes I, I just wake up and I can't believe where I'm at and what I'm doing and the people I'm surrounded by. I and just wow, I stumbled into some good stuff. Like, yeah, we're working right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah isn't that wonderful? Yeah, That's great. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Sheesh. Well, all right. Uh, so, what's your favorite animal? Um, oh, <laughs> Did you really do that? <laughs> oh man. So. I love quadamundis. Okay. Mm. I, I followed one around one day. Just, I was deer hunting and it, it was alone. I imagine it was a big male, but after a while, I'm pretty sure he knew I was there and I was just watching him do stuff like turn over rocks and climb stuff and uh, um, connected deeply with that animal that day. Awesome. So, <laughs> awesome. Deeply but, um, you know, I, I love antlered animals a lot you know i always have as a kid i've always been fascinated by um how all the antlers are different i like uh you know mule deer coos deer elk you know that kind of stuff you know i uh i explore and i think about that a lot because of the whole stigma around trophy hunting and it's such a, a nuanced term and there's so much gray area around it and you know yeah, when I'm daydreaming, I, I kill a lot of cows to put in the freezer, and they're magnificent, beautiful animals on their own. When I say cows, I mean cow elk. Um, right. But uh, when I go to bed at night and I'm excited for a hunt, I'm thinking about big old bulls, yeah. giant antlers. And I try to explain it to people like, 
you know, and that that maybe maybe I'm a trophy hunter. Maybe that's what it is. But, you know, I, I don't I'm not out there just hunting for antlers to put on the wall and discarding an animal. But I try to describe it to people like when a bird watcher goes down to uh, Cimadera Canyon in the Santa Rita's um, to see their first elegant trogan. Oh, they're not like daydreaming about a juvenile or, or a female. They're they're daydreaming about a fully, you know, colorful adult mature male yeah. you know what i mean right. so yeah. it's like uh, does that make them a trophy hunter i don't know but right. i'd right. say it's a little more complicated than just you know a label yeah, so yeah i agree i have a funny story about a male elegant trogon go for it um so down at patagonia lake state park uh this was like three years oh, ago i should have used patagonia lake state park in my example i'm sorry oh, no, no. Yeah. that's fine i was a yeah. little hurt by it initially but i got over pretty quick <laughs> there's a lot of great areas yeah. we but, recognize and appreciate them yeah, yeah of course drop the ball on <laughs> right well there was a year where there we just didn't have many of them come in and uh-huh. there was one pretty prominent male that people have been seeing and then one day he was missing his tail feathers oh, no. and uh we fielded a complaint by someone that had gone a considerable <laughs> distance to see this bird oh. and they were upset that it didn't have tail it's feathers tail. and you know well you guys need to pick up the slack at state parks <laughs> i guess <laughs> i mean Get we gotta the follow these things around and protect them from bobcats i don't uh-huh. know yeah, yeah really sheesh all right elizabeth My you're turn. up Okay, well, I haven't seen a quadamundi and I haven't seen a ringtail. So I think when I see those two animals, I'm going to have a new favorite because yeah. I just am drooling. Like, I can't wait to see yeah, them in person. Um, but I have like, I've been spending a lot of time with this guy, Neil, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he his influence on me has been birds. I'm just learning so much. Um, I've always appreciated them, but I've never taken the time mm-hmm. to try to be able to identify them or know their names. Sure. And learning that has been a lot of fun. Um, we we recently had a partner come out and bring some falcons. Oh, yeah? And I got to spend some time with the American kestrel. Oh, wow. I'm just um, obsessed that something so tiny can be yeah. so fierce. Right, they're, they're, they're grasshopper cool hunters. Right, yeah. right. So I'm like, I, I'm just kind of inspired by. Yeah. And the, 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 a male again. And yes, don't of mean, course. Don't mean to make this bias to the fellas, but. Oh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, so not, they're not only beautiful and they're not only small, but they're yeah. like great hunters. And yeah. so, yeah. And they're and fun to watch. Can yeah. I, can I go again and pick another animal? <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Yeah. So in the, in the avian um, group, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, a, a, an adult male goshawk. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the, the king of the occipiters. Oh um, man. And I'm, I can't wait to see one around my house. I'm hoping yeah. to get one. I got to hold the goshawk. Wow. Yeah. A, a guy that he's into falconry. And uh, a long time ago, I used to guide deer and elk hunters, and he was one of my uh-huh. clients, and we became friends. And uh, her name was Sheena, and this was the coolest thing. Like, God, I agree, goshawks are freaking cool. And he had her from a baby. Wow. Yeah. And wow. she was a pretty vicious uh, yeah. rabbit hunter. Can, can I give you a tip on uh, when you're teaching Elizabeth birds? Yeah. So what I do with my kids, at least my little boy. If he doesn't get the bird right, this is the, because we have a, a A-frame with a big glass front. There's feeders yeah. out there. Right, so, right. You know, birds are, are a big part of our entertainment at home. But if he doesn't get the bird right, he gets punched in the arm by his dad. 
Oh, okay. I don't like this tactic. <laughs> I know. I'm, it works, though. He knows. And this is going to sound terrible Fantastic. to folks. No, I, I don't abuse my children over, over bird like, identification. You're going to have to in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking about how I was going to email uh, our boss and ask her for <laughs> permission to do so that. Just like, yeah. for, the, yeah, for the record, we met your kid today. And he, he was happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, good kids. no bruises. Nothing. Not, no, not, no, not no. that we can see. But he, he knows his birds. You can quiz him. Yeah, right. I love it. So, yeah, that's my obsession currently. Awesome. It's a good obsession. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for inviting me here to this beautiful place. And, um, yeah, yeah, this was a great introduction to Arizona State Parks. I'm certainly excited about them, and I can promise that me and my family will be visiting them a lot more. So cool. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Well, I told you you would like those two. Um, they were great. I really enjoyed uh, hanging out and talking with them, and I can't wait to do it again sometime. And I, I hope you're inspired. I hope you're inspired to get out there and check out some of these magnificent state parks we have here in Arizona um, and all of the outdoor recreation opportunities they provide because they are limitless. I'm certainly going to. I plan on, on visiting several with my family and, and utilizing them because, um, yeah, why not? Why not? What a great opportunity uh, we have here in Arizona. All right. With that, I hope to see you all out there in the mushroom woods coming up here in Flagstaff and meet you in person. And uh, I will see you again back here in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.